Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome, boys and girls. Welcome to the Burgundy Gold Knuckleheads podcast. And as always, sitting right over there, you know who it is. It's my main man, Reggie. What's up, Reg? It is. It is. What up, Kenny? Oh, man. Just trying to get through the spring here. Uh, get through the, you know, the, this time of year, you kind of have a lot of lulls in the NFL season. Um, <laughs> but we just got through the draft. We'll, we did. We'll get, to that. we'll get to that here in a few minutes. Um, but, but besides that, you know, the spring weather is here. So get out and about and yard work and anything that you'd like to do outside before the, the deep heat of summer gets, gets before, here before the hail heat arrives yeah. here in, in Dallas. Yeah. yeah. For those, for those that don't know, we are uh, behind enemy lines here in the Dallas Fort Worth area, even though we're both diehard Washington fans and, and, and right. running podcast, uh, here from from Dallas Fort Worth. Um but yeah, yeah, here here in Texas um at two o'clock in the afternoon on August twelfth, you don't want to be outside. No, it's a thousand degrees. It's a <laughs> yeah. thousand degrees here. And it's, yeah. it's not even in August, can it? Yeah, it it's yeah, even, in June. It could yeah. be in July. I'm just, August, I'm just using that yeah, I was just using that date as a as a random date, but uh e- even in a pool You'd be like, man, it's it's too hot to even be in the be in the pool here, man. You know? <laughs> I'm telling you, it is a thousand. It feels like a thousand degrees here, man. When when it's not outside, I'm just I'm just glad and thankful that I I, I have a job that I'm indoors. I I don't have I don't uh, I'm not outside working in this kind of heat, man. But uh, but it is that's how it's summer here in Texas, as we say. Yeah, yeah, and and we haven't done a, a podcast in about two weeks. Uh, you know, life has been moving along and, uh, you know, people get busy with, with life. Right. Right. That's it. That's it. And, uh, do traveling, take a little vacation. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, a, work, work happens. You was, know, it inter- interna- was it international travel? Reg <laughs> was it, did, was it international? Man, come on, man! I just, I just took a little time off, Ken. You know, just okay. Hey, I don't, I don't want. The, if, all right, we won't let let the world know uh, your your exotic vacations, uh, traveling the world. But uh, let me tell, let me tell you, boys and girls, I don't know all the details, but I promise you, you you'd want to go on that vacation. You'd want to go on that vacation. If you were on a game show and the curtains opened up and you won that vacation, you'd be jumping for joy, man. <laughs> jumping for joy oh like you just god. you won the grand prize <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this guy he's lying y'all just just <laughs> let me just say once again the lying continues let me just say he, he wasn't down at the creek fishing for a few days let's just put it that way <laughs> no i don't i don't fish anyway man you yeah know, i know exactly I, exactly I grew up fishing but uh once i became an adult i stopped fishing I, I yeah. eat fish. Though. I love it. I mean, and uh, I just took I mean, you, a little time you, you off. Man. For, you can fish from your yacht if you have to, but uh, that's just not what you do. I understand. <laughs> I understand. I don't own yeah. a boat. <laughs> What's that? So I don't own a boat. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> but I, I did, man. Just went on a little trip, man. Just, that was, you know, and that's good. And that's little, good. Little, little something I haven't done in a while. And, uh, you know, just starting to get back into the traveling mode. I like to travel a little bit. And yeah. uh, so we just did a little bit of traveling, man. Just uh, I like it. Uh, just went up, went upstate, went to New York to be specific, folks. I went to New York, saw some yeah. friends up there and stuff. So that was it. Not, not yeah, ma- nothing yeah. major, nothing big. Yeah. You know, Ken, Ken's uh, as 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 uh, the old people <laughs> like to say, Ken's a fibber. He's fibbing. <laughs> uh, I'm just I'm just painting. I'm painting the picture. I'm painting the picture. Well, man's uh, a fibbing. Uh, well, I, but, like, uh, I, but it was good. It's good. It's a good trip. Yeah, man. Good yeah. trip. Glad to be back home. And uh, while I was gone, the uh, NFL draft did take place. Right. Yeah. We, had- and we will get it. We will get into that a little bit here, which is the purpose of this particular podcast. I want to talk about the uh, draft and uh, the players we picked and our thoughts on the draft and our thoughts on some of these players and all that kind of good stuff, man. So, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, we, we'll get into the draft, but the, the NFL also announced uh, earlier today that they're, and I don't understand, they said that they're going to target the schedule being released May 11th. I mean, right. it, it is or it isn't. 
right? We're, we're, we're targeting, letting you know what your schedule is. Uh, oh, we're, we're delayed a couple of days because uh, maybe for whatever maybe, ridiculous maybe reasons. Working um, out some wrinkles, man. You know, you know how they probably try to get these marquee matchups and after some of these trades and things. Yeah. You know, yeah. maybe they're just trying to move move some dates around a little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. They but, got uh, they, they got they got a they got an endless budget with plenty of uh staff to be able to do that. So I'm I'm gonna say they're gonna get it done by the eleventh. Um but when when it comes when it comes to the schedule, I got a, a, a few requests by the NFL. I know I know they're I know they're listening. Roger Goodell tunes into the show. Uh he's a friend of the show. He is a friend of the show. We might we might have him on if uh Roger, reach out to us. We'll we'll get you on the show. Yeah. Um, but a couple simple things I, I I want from a commander's perspective. I don't want any NFC ET NFC East team week one. Right? I I don't know why. I don't I don't want to play Philly. I don't want to play the Giants. I don't want to play Dallas week one. Rest okay. of the year, I don't care. Um, why, why, not, and, and, why not week one? Because it's too impactful. Um, I, I, to be to be blunt, I'd rather have what I perceive as being an easier game week one, especially with a with a if you want to call it a rookie quarterback in Sam Howell, uh, you know, get get the rust off, get everything kind of going, get that win and hopefully the win and then kind of get into a groove of everything. Um, again, that's that's my preference. Okay. Uh, my, my other request would be no Thanksgiving game. Uh, I, I do not like Thanksgiving. I, I will like watching other teams play, but I don't like Washington being uh, there because they're in Dallas and it throws a big wrench into going to the game, not going to the game, sitting with family. Because if I sit with family and I'm watching the Cowboys play whoever, I'm pl playing the Miami Dolphins, if I miss a handful of plays, no big deal. You know, keep on going. But if the commanders are playing and 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 food is being served at the same time, <laughs> and they're asking for my help, somebody's right. going to be let down, right? Because because I'm watching the game. I feel you. I feel you. Okay. And then, um, oh, the the last request is all, all these requests are are utterly ridiculous. But um, I don't the think they're ridiculous one, at all. The, yeah, the last one is all 17 games must be played on Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. noon. I spoke too soon. That is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Happen. Yeah. Uh, but that 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 would be my 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 last ridiculous request. Um, I know we'll probably have a, a primetime game or two, but keep those 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central time games just off my schedule, if at all possible. Well, just real quick, um, I think you're going to be highly disappointed because I think – Week one, we will probably play NFC East. In fact, I'm going to say we're going to play the Giants. We're going to play the Giants week one. Um, so we're going to play a division game. Uh, in terms of the noon game versus the noon slash one o'clock game, it's noon for us being in right. the central time zone. But uh, the reason we're not reason we're going to get some three o'clock slash four o'clock games this season is because we play the NFC West. Right, the West Coast, correct. And because we played those games, except for the two games that will be played in our home, two of those games will be played in either Arizona, San Francisco, the Rams, or um, Seattle, which I think the two we get on the road is Seattle, because we talked about going. Right. And then the 49ers, that game will be in California. I think, right, uh, right. I think the Rams and the 49ers, we will play in D.C. So yeah. two of those games will be late games unless they play on on thursday or sunday night yeah yeah it, um, like I, said, I, I know that's utterly ridiculous that one is not going to happen but uh, well, i don't like i don't like those late games either i prefer yeah. our our 12 o'clock or one o'clock eastern start yeah if i, if I know if i know it's if i if i know it's a, a 1 p.m eastern i i can plan my whole you know six, 17 out of the next 18 sundays i know exactly where i'm going to be at what time you know I, I even know what chair i'm sitting in right <laughs> we have our own table our own chair our own spot um we, we got a little reserve spot at the bar you know where we go watch the games on sundays yes and those those afternoon games throws a wrinkle to to the people that are there before us and it becomes it gets becomes a madhouse and if anyone well, before us just need to get it get the hell out of there right <laughs> your team lost get out of there yeah yeah but i tell you what man when i lived in hawaii 
and uh oh there, there we go international borderline that's, that's about as close to international travel as you as you yeah. can get without no, no, international sir. travel but no, no passport required go, gentlemen no but no passport required <laughs> but <laughs> when i lived in hawaii man the games would come on like 8 9 a.m and you watch the game and you got the rest of the day man. it was great it was great because you get up you got to get up early yeah you watch the game but when the game is over you got all day to go do whatever else you need to do that day. Yeah, I mean, I, I see the point in that, but at the same time, when I'm watching a game, I'm you know, people are drinking beer and, and eating hot wings. You know, I'm not eating a bowl of Fruit Loops. Uh, you get used with, to it, with the man. game on. You get you used know? to it. You kind of appreciate the early start. I'm telling you, yeah, you got all yeah. day to go do. And when you win, and of course, back to, back when I lived in Hawaii, we, the we were the Redskins, and the mm-hmm. Redskins were pretty good. Right, and right. so you know, a lot of times the game was over, man. We win, Cowboys was losing. I tell you, it's a good day. Oh yeah, oh you got you got the whole day to. Oh man, I mean, you you're going out everywhere wearing your oh, wearing your gear good. too, right? Feeling good, man. Sunday <laughs> all day, the, Sunday. Yeah, knocking on the the. You know, you might not have played with your your friend that's a Cowboy fan for the last week and a half, but man, you are gonna play with him that day? You know, you. Yep. I was good. <laughs> knocking good on time. his door. Good times. Yeah, but anyway, I can dig it. I can dig it. But uh, but yeah, the, so the schedule's coming out. We'll find out what we're doing with that. Um, but let's let's do a little draft talk if you're fine with that. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. That's what the people want to hear. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, get our takes on on the draft, on the picks, our thoughts. Um, here we go, man. So so of course I was on vacation as I mentioned earlier when uh, the draft took place on Thursday night, round one. Mm-hmm. Round one, and we we were texting back and forth about it, and uh, all the way up until our, our all the way up until our pick, right? We we're like you know talking about how things were fall, laying out and what teams got what and who was dropping, and yeah, go ahead, take it over. No, and the draft was just kind of unfolding in a very weird way, and mm-hmm. and one thing I learned about the draft this year, and probably it started the past few years, teams teams are no longer treating the draft in the standpoint of trades being being an ab- abnormal type of thing. Right. Dra- moving up and trading picks is becoming more the norm. Right. Even, even draft day um, trades of players. Right. But certainly moving up and moving down within the draft seems to be becoming more part of the draft day experience as analytics is becoming part of football. Right. right. I mean, they set a record in the terms of number of uh, trades over this three day week. And I think they had done it, has set a record of number of trades within the first two days um, of the right. draft. But nonetheless, it was just record breaking trades between teams. It's no longer about trading with a team within your same division. And all, none, none of this seems to matter. It just seems like GMs are willing and dealing and collecting two picks in later rounds and they're taking that and packaging it with something else and moving up and if they see a guy they want they go get it and they don't give two cents about what mel kuyper and uh any of these other guys think about whether or not they're reaching for a player right they see a player they want a player they go get the player and so with that being the case the draft gets off (laughs) right away and teams are trading teams are moving up moving back then moving back up and you know, Houston obviously comes in with the number two pick. First of all, they went quarterback, and then they traded out and traded back up and got a number three pick. I mean, it was just wild. Right. And so because of that, the way the draft was unfolding, when we were getting to the 16th spot, a lot of players that had been uh, connected to Washington at the number 16th pick was sitting there. So I was like, man, what, what are we going to do with it? Yeah, yeah. And go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, one thing, you know, you you commented on all the trades and everything in the NFL and how it how it's changed Um, outside of Chase Young pick. Right. Outside of Chase Young, I'll I'll go ahead and and say that Rivera and staff, (laughs) one thing, they're not as predictable. Right. Um, as players fall and they've fallen for, you know, 
a couple different years here. Certain players have fallen, they've taken them, or you pass over them, or you have a glaring hole maybe in a, in a draft that you get none of them, or an area where you're strong and you go get one or two of them. And it's, you know, I think we've built, we, we talked about it before the podcast that for the most part, any team is going to have, have room for improvement at certain positions, but mm -hmm. the commanders are a solid team after free agency, right? We, we knew that there was some um, offensive line issues. They went out and they got a couple offensive linemen right off the bat. So going into the draft, they could kind of go with the approach of a best available player. Now, now granted, you know, you, you do have some target areas that you want to get, or you don't want to overload on one, specific uh position right but you know they i i wouldn't have thought as I, as we go down through this draft and some of their picks that they would have picked necessarily a player here or there you look at it okay that was a good pick or or, or whatever but there's a few times where I, I was scratching my head but i'm like okay they they know what they're doing they've they've had uh some success in the you know third fourth fifth round on some players right. um but it's not the player that I would have taken. You know, I, I, I saw some players that had fallen that were maybe first, you know, late second, first round picks that are all of a sudden there in the third round. I'm like, man, we, we got a shot at this guy, you know, he's fallen and Washington pass over him as well. You know, um, Here, here's the other thing. I no longer, no longer believe that. I think I, I, I treat it as an old wise tale. NFL teams do not, draft best available if you watch that draft teams didn't pick best available teams right, pick right, right. the best available player based on what they need not best available that, to, that's, that's, like, that's like to, no, yeah, that's yeah. like that's like an old wise tale man that 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 mantra has been hasn't been around in years i don't care what people say man you, well, it's you, hard you for the first round right for, you, the, the, for the first round it's hard to go with best available you may have best available player in one of these two or three positions but but yeah yeah you're not you know what there's no way washington was going to take a, a, a defensive lineman um exactly but if the, but if the defensive line is best available right. so so right. jalen carter jalen carter was sitting there at 16 just just as an example right we are we picking jalen carter i would have been shocked he's best available player do you think we pick him Personally, I don't, but I'm, I'm going to tell you, Ron, Ron Rivera and staff, I don't think are that predictable on the draft. Um, and, and maybe, maybe, I, maybe I'm so out of touch that, uh, of, of, some, of a handful of the players and by no means my a draft expert, but I went out there and, and kind of, I'll say there was 15 to 20 players that I looked at. Uh, and a lot of times it was based on, on the commander's needs. Right. And so I, I'm looking at a handful of this position, a handful of that position. I start looking at people that maybe might fall for a different reason. Oh man, maybe, maybe we could, maybe he'll slide to the third round and you know, things like that. But, um, pretty much every single time the, the commanders were on the clock, I picked the wrong player. And I, and I didn't go through, I didn't sit there and listen to all seven, uh, rounds, but, <laughs> But I, at least the first four rounds, when right. I was sitting there and I was paying attention, I was wrong every single time. Right, right. So, <laughs> so, so with that, with that being the case, here we go at pick sixteen, just just to get to our first pick, and Will Levis is sitting there. He has fallen in the draft. Um. There was a couple of offensive linemen who were still available that had been yep. connected through us through mock drafts. And then there was uh, Christian Gonzalez, yep. considered one of the top two, three cornerbacks in the draft sitting there available. All right. Levis and Gonzalez were the two big names, to that your point. Still, that was still sitting there at pick 16. And, 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 and the question was, are they going to go to quarterback? And I told you no. Right. And it's like, all right, they, they, they said they weren't, but they also weren't talking about the scenario of, of one of the top 
what was considered one of the top three or four quarterbacks dropping to 16, right? What what I thought was going to happen is they were either going to pick Gonzalez or they were going to trade out because someone was going to want Will Levis. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I was thinking. Right. And then they picked. But not only did they pick Ken, they hurried up and got the pick again. Oh, right? immediately. They, they, didn't, they didn't hesitate. The pick is in. Yeah, they, they, they had the paper uh, filled out and, and ready to hand as soon as they were on the clock. At, I mean, know, it was the like clock the pick started, is they, in. they gave a, you know, the, a 10-minute window or whatever their window is, and three pick and a half in. seconds in, they pick had the in. pick. Yeah. And they picked Emmanuel Forbes. Yeah. And as I'm watching the draft, I found myself, like, mouth wide open, like, because I'm like, Okay, I'd heard Emmanuel Forbes. I know that Fred Smoot was a big uh, proponent for, for Emmanuel Forbes because of being an alumni. And he's been talking. And he's been, yeah, from Mississippi State, Fred Smoot's alma mater. And there was a lot of Fred saying how this kid would fit in. He's a ball hawk and all those things. And I, and, and I'll, I must admit, I thought Fred, Fred was being a little bit of a homer. I don't think Fred would just say the kid was good just because he played at Mississippi State. But I do thought I did think Fred was hyping just a little bit because he was being a homer. But I right. do feel I did feel like the kid could play. Right, right. And then, oh, by the way, there was the kid from Maryland, uh, Banks. Banks. But we went with Emmanuel Forbes. Right. And unlike a lot of folks on Twitter, I didn't hate the pick. I was just surprised by the pick. Yeah. And Christian Gonzalez goes number 17 directly he- behind us. Correct. And I'm like, okay. But I had read enough and heard enough about Emmanuel Forbes and how he fits within our system. There were some there was a few things, a few concerns about Christian Gonzalez, but everyone thought that Emmanuel Forbes just fit what we do in our scheme and in our system. And with that, I didn't hate to pick. It's yeah, just I mean, well, it's just I was surprised by it, but I was like, okay, cool. We we picked a position of need. Which was a corner. We just didn't pick right. the one that everyone had mocked us to. Just like last year, everyone knew we needed a receiver. Right. But we went and got the one that we felt like the organization went and got the guy they felt like would fit best, just not the guy that everyone thought we would get. So I was like, okay, cool. Manuel Forbes, man. Then they showed his bio and all a little bit of his resume. I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's go, Forbes. Let's go. Oh, and, and, and with Forbes, I mean, to, to your point, he was. Um, a lot of people considered him the third or fourth best cornerback. And in some uh, cases, fifth. Pardon me? And in some cases, he was the fifth. Yeah. Um, uh, kind of unanimously, I think everybody put uh, Witherspoon that was drafted. He was the top five pick, top six pick, somewhere in I there. I don't remember. Uh, an early pick, right? Mm-hmm. And then... On most people, most people's boards that 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 look at anything, uh, it was it was Gonzalez, Christian Gonzalez, um, and and so when when Forbes comes up and you see his chart, I mean, there's only one glaring concern, <laughs> right? Because you don't, you know, you 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 see his highlights, you see him, uh, you know, he had 14 interceptions. He came out as a junior, right? So, um, you have 14 interceptions, uh, six were returned for TDs. And you know, fast guy, uh, which his, is a record, uh, by the way, his, which is a record. Yeah, he holds his, the record. His combine uh, was a, a four three five forty. You know, lightning fast guy, and and then you realize why he's so lightning fast. Because <laughs> come on, man. Because you know, wearing a helmet, pads, and in the soaking rain, he was a he's one hundred and sixty six pounds. <laughs> Doesn't does not mean the guy can can't play, oh but you know they, man, you just you, at, at 166 pounds. I mean, can't. I didn't know it. I, I thought there was a you know in Pop Warner you could only on, be can't. so heavy to play at Pop Warner. You know the, the 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 kids that were just enormously big in Pop Warner they weren't allowed to play. I thought there was a minimum weight standard to play in the NFL. I guess it was 165 and he just squeaked in. Uh ate a big steak dinner the night before and 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 if you guys are watch if you're watching this on YouTube then you can <laughs> see my face. But if you're not and you're just streaming this and listen, let me tell you something. Ken and I talk 
Okay. We talked, I think, the following day about Emmanuel Forbes being the pick. Yeah. He is underselling his shock and amazement and his displeasure with the hundred and a buck sixty of Emmanuel Ford. Ken, Ken was extremely concerned. You're, you're downplaying. I want you to tell the people you you were very, very extremely concerned about this. This, this kid being 160 pounds. He's he's I mean, underselling right now. I was shocked. I, I, I did not dislike the pick. Okay. The, the 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 kid the kid can play. He's a he he is a player. He he reads well. He breaks quick on the ball. I mean, clearly at, at, at four three five speed, he's he's a fast kid. Um, but he's going to be going up against. My concern is he's going to be going up physically against big wide receivers in this in the NFL. Um, and, and yes, you can run, but you also need to check them. You need to fight for the ball. You need to do the, these types of things. And my concern is not that he's not going to be successful, but he's going to get manhandled nah, in a physical perspective. Uh, you know, it, I, I hope we don't see a highlight film like, uh, when, when, uh, Henry just threw, what's his name? Josh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all, you know, like, like a rag, like a rag doll. I, I hope that's not uh, in the in the future for number thirteen, Emmanuel Forbes. Of the it may, it, it may. Listen, you play you play enough football, man. You're gonna you're gonna get on somebody's poster. But here's the thing, Ken. Um, as they pointed out, Emmanuel Forbes played in the SEC, right? Those 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 are usually your, your top D one guys, your blue chip guys. Most of most of them, he 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 held up just fine. The good news is he's not. He's not a linebacker at 160 pounds. He's not a defensive lineman at 160 pounds. So right. his position allows him to be a little light, and meaning a little light, man. If he well, if he had a, if he had a pocket full of quarters, he'd still be light. Well, come on, man. Look, but the, but the bottom line is the position allows where receivers can't push off, receivers can't hold them, and everybody's got to go get the ball. So the the only concern I would say I would have a little bit would be. If his if it would be his support in the run game, right. if, if all of a sudden the receiver runs a route, but yet there's a running back in the flat, and he's got to turn around and go and tackle, tackle somebody coming out of the backfield. That that's really my only concern. But with that being the case, I gotta believe that they're gonna get him in the weight room. Um, you watch his highlight, man. You don't realize the kid's 166 pounds just because he he doesn't play small. He doesn't play. He doesn't play like a thin skinny guy he gets in there and 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 puts his heads in there and he makes the tackles and he do everything he needs to do that you would expect out of the corner position so i'm not too worried about um about his position and again i think now he'll get on the nfl's team get with the right nutrition put on the right amount of muscle in the right places and and he'll get stronger so i'm i'm not i'm not too worried about it personally And and like I said, when when you look at any highlight film of him, uh, his his play is excellent, excellent. Yes. I I make light of his his weight, um, or or lack of weight, um, but <laughs> but 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 his but his play is fantastic. His play yeah. is fantastic. It'd be fine. It's fine. Yeah. So round round two comes around, and <clears throat> we didn't trade up. This is where a lot of people had mocked us to pick. Uh, Hinden Hooker, and uh, or go offensive line. Um, I think at this point was where I was thinking they would pick uh, uh, the kid out the offensive lineman out of Florida. Um, I can't think of his name now. Yeah, Os- yeah. Osiris, I think is his name. Yep. And but I thought, okay, they're going to either go. Maybe they do the quarterback thing. Maybe they go off line here. But what are they going to do? Well, there was there was there was a linebacker too that had had. That late would be first picking. round that had had slid basically halfway down through the second round yep. uh, a couple linebackers there also that we to, to me we had a, a a big glaring hole of um but yeah go ahead yeah so just basically and so there was a lot of intrigue for me by me at this point in the draft as well because it's like again a couple of different ways we can go here what do we do and we picked a 
safety slash corner guy, kind of a secondary utility type player in Jartavius Martin out of Illinois. And when you saw his highlight, he kind of played all over. Right. Outside as a corner, inside the slot as a corner. He can play safety. And you're like, man, they went secondary for the second pick in a row. Right. I was shocked. I was shocked. I was extremely shocked. But being shocked and being disappointed are two different things. Right. So I I run the Twitter, and Twitter has lost the damn mind. (laughs) Twitter had lost its mind. That's that's the worst place. Going to to social media on any kind of controversial pick, you know what? Even if it was any pick, right? We could have had the number one pick picked whoever you think would have been the best fit and Twitter. I understand, gone I understand that Twitter is not the best place, but I was trying to get a pulse of what people were thinking. Right. And Twitter had lost his damn mind. Right. <laughs> and I'm just like, you gotta be, come on guys. Listen, was I surprised again? Yes, I was. But man, I saw that kid's highlight and I'm like, okay, cool. So at this point I'm thinking we picked two secondary guys. People are forgetting Kendall Fuller, free agent at the end of this season. He was a high-priced free agent that we got from Kansas City. Would he Has he lived up to the contract? Me personally? I don't think so. But he's 30, 31, last year of his deal. You got to prepare for the next time, right? right? We lost Cam. We lost not Cam Curl. We lost uh, Bobby McCain. We didn't re-sign him in, in the offseason. Cam Curl. Is due for on the, for an extension. There's contract negotiations. This is your next generation of guys. It gives you leverage in contract negotiation, people. It yeah. gives you depth. Right? Look at our look at our division. The Giants went out and got yeah. uh, uh, Waller. He's he's listed as a tight end, but he's a receiver. The Giants went out. I mean. Um, we know who's in Philly, right? A.J. Brown and uh, the kid uh, Smith. And then in Dallas, you got to be able to have guys that can be flexible. you got to have your safety that, you know, we love that hybrid position, position flexibility. Right. And if nothing else, moving on to the next guys after this season. I thought, listen, great, great picks. Surprised they didn't go O-line. Yeah. Because we know that we need it, but Rondem said in their in their postseason uh, after the free agency, they were happy with what they did in free agency. Right. And and yeah, to to your point, I was surprised that they went with safety. Um, but I mean, he he goes by Quan Quan Martin. Um, he he's he's a good pick at if you're going with safety. Um, that was a good pick at in in the second round. Uh, first thing that I looked at. Uh, it w- was was that he's thirty pounds heavier than our first round pick. Um, that's he should be. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, but but we, as I started, you know, I looked and I saw highlights and and um, and, and you see how well he plays. I mean, there he played with uh, Witherspoon, that was the number one cornerback. So you think that maybe uh, Martin isn't getting possibly the recognition because everything is focused on Witherspoon, mm-hmm. but. You know, sometimes it, it's not uncommon that you start looking at one player and you realize, man, who's this other kid that just keeps standing out, right? And that's what happened to to, to Martin. Not that he was ignored and all of a sudden he's this big shocking uh, thing of a player, um, but they had, uh, Illinois had a had, had a good secondary back there. Um, and yeah, 5'10", 194 pounds is, is what he listed at at, at the combine. Uh, one thing that 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 stood out 40 40 i'm sorry 44 inch vertical all right now you know you you defending passes and you're running downfield and you can get up and uh you use that athleticism right that's just yes. natural talent uh when you when you when somebody has speed when somebody can jump like that and and do like that. That is just natural born talent. Very athleticism, and, man. very athletic man, and the athleticism is there. 
And I have no doubt that they fell in love with the fact that this kid can play multiple positions. And keep yes. in mind, when Cam Curl went down, we saw a change in our defense. When he well, came he, back, we saw a change in our defense. You yeah. gotta have depth, folks. You. Well, I think. I think also what it does is let's let's ignore injuries, right? We're we're hundred percent healthy, and let's say Martin is a is a significant playing time. If he's not starting, maybe he's the the nickel that that comes in all the time. Um, when when you have a a player that like Martin that can play multiple positions, it gives the defense a lot of opportunities to make calls and disguise things because he can come up and blitz. He can come up and and attack. He can drop back. He can cover a tight end. He can cover a wide receiver. You can use him in a lot of different scenarios. And, I mean, they, they wanted to do that for a while with um, – uh, what's his name from the, the – that started the the Buffalo nickel here in Washington, uh, Collins, Landon Collins. Uh, you know, they try to use Collins in, in a few different ways. And I'm not saying that they're going to try and use him like that, but it gives you that flexibility defensively to do a lot more because your staff that's on the field, your players on the field can think, think about the secondary roles. that's potentially back there. You have, you have Derek Forrest, Cam Curl, potentially Forbes, Martin, um, St. Juice and Saint Fuller. Juice. I mean, come on, guys. And listen, if you believe, if you believe as a fan that the difference between our offense last year and potentially this year was the offensive coordinator, it's the same offense, guys. Right? right. Eric Benemy is going to make a difference with the playmakers that we have on this team. You you want to go and draft like some people talk about we had we could have went some receivers and all this. Like and give them who's going to get the ball? You only have one ball, man. You got to give it to the running back. You got to give it to Curtis. You got to give it to Dotson. You got to give it to Terry. And oh, by the way, you're, you're expecting one of these tight ends to step up. It's like you can't keep drafting all these guys in the first and second round and then say we got to get them on the field. You, right. you can't do it. And the one place we know where we need some some improvement is the defense and the secondary. And right. so I, I was okay with the pick. Again, I was surprised that they didn't go right. offensive line, but I wasn't like upset that they went with the safety out of Illinois. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to spend as much time on every single pick moving through here. Um, but there was only one pick that I was for me that was even even when we're talking about the next day, right? I mean, sometimes in the moment you're like, "What? We took him? What? We took him?" And then you kind of process it. And sometimes it's even, you know, a minute or two later, you're like, all right, now that I think about it, that, that, that wasn't a bad pick. That wasn't a bad pick. There's only one pick that I'm kind of so-so on, and we'll get to that here in a minute. Um, move, on, move on to the to the third round. And if there's any position the last two years where we have had more injury than any other, maybe than any other team out there, um, it, it is – probably the reason why we picked who we did in the third round yep right uh we took uh, Rick, ricky stromberg out of arkansas uh center uh he has played some guard but they drafted him with the intention of e either starting or backup center on the team um and and go ahead i'm sorry no, i was just gonna say at this point it's our first o-line o-line pick at this point yeah, yeah, and you know, I I talked about um, uh, as I was looking through, and and I I didn't know anything about the guy. Um, yeah, normally when I'm looking at offensive linemen, the 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 big name that you even look on offensive linemen typically are your tackles, right? Because right. sometimes there's a, there's a a good tackle who might be undersized in college, and you recognize him. And he ends up coming to the NFL, and they moving him to guard because he's a little bit undersized or something like that. I mean, uh, Brandon Sheriff, right? That, that was that was Brandon Sheriff. Um, and so I don't. I honestly, normally, seldom do I. Am I ever familiar with any centers at all? Even if they're a first round center, I I know their name, but I don't really look at them. Uh, when I did look at it at him, uh, when how they rank and rate different people based off of different things, 
believe it or not, he was the number one athlete how they categorize it i don't have the the stats they listed him uh, and i looked through all the other players he was the number one athletic center okay right you think oh man how athletic of a center do you need he's, he's not a, he's not a wide receiver but okay. but he's able he's able to pull he's able to play guard he's able to do things that frankly a lot of other players can't do They're, they they just end up being big you know big uh blocks that are in the way uh you know and, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you got to be able to prepare for that. Uh, when you when you have an athletic center, an athletic period of any position, it it helps the team. So hopefully, uh, Ricky Stromberg will will be a a a tool that uh, commanders well, are able to use. Well, uh, for me, when I saw Ricky Stromberg name and the position, and I saw I saw his highlight reel and I saw his resume, the thing that jumped out for me that stood out for me that I liked was immediately was the fact that he was a four-year starter. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He had played guard, but he was primarily center. He was a four-year starter at Arkansas in the sec playing against all of those big schools with all those big studs in the middle. And yet this kid held his own and was practically a stud. So when we picked the center in the third round, he's not coming in just as a body for camp. This guy's coming right. in, the four-year start out of Arkansas, picked in the third round. He's coming to compete. He's coming to compete for playing time. And to your point, we've had injury for the last, I think, three years at the center position, which then throws our offensive line into, into chaos a little bit. Right. And that puts Chris Larson and Chase Rullier on notice. But I think Rullier has a good cap number. Probably eligible for a restructure of his deal, and if nothing else, maybe he's he's going to be a June cut. But I'm telling you, between Rulier Larson, this kid picked in the third round, it's not coming in just for a camp body, right? Um, and and so again, what I liked about him that he's a four year starter. He was he it wasn't like he had played guard and can play some center. Nope, he was a center and right. and a and a four year four year guy. So for me, I was like. This this is good. This is good because everybody else that was signed for the most part in free agency had position flexibility. But these guys that were tackles that can play guard, guard that can play a little bit of center, but they were primarily guards, guards that can play some tackle and that type of thing. But this kid was brought in as a center, and I loved it. Loved yeah, it. Yeah, and it, it. and they they followed up kind of how they addressed the sec the the secondary with the first and second pick. Uh, they took the center at third pick, and they decided they were going to stick with that theme and, and go with Brandon Daniels, uh, guard out of Utah, um, with a, with a fourth-round pick. Mm -hmm. um, he was one of the things that, not that most people matter, uh, but he was from the Dallas-Fort Worth area out of uh, Carrollton, Texas. So uh, okay. from, from, from Reggie and my perspective, a, a, uh, a local boy. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, he'll... Um, uh, he, he'll he's uh yeah be be competing for guard right there's there's one guard position that we're not a hundred percent sure uh who could compete we there, there's three or four names that uh we'll, we'll probably be fighting that off or fighting for that job and you know you can throw Daniel's name in in the hat for for trying to take that job as, as a rookie it, it'll be a challenge for him obviously but. Based on based on the guys that they people do that every year, they brought in for free agency. I gotta believe Daniels is a guy that's gonna be somebody here to develop, because the guys they did sign some of these guys are on one year deal. I think two, three year deals. These are your guys that you hope uh, Daniels develop and be the replacement for these guys down the road. Sure, sure. Um, sure. Um, so at this point, when you get into the draft, you're looking for guys that are just pretty much gonna be your depth players that develop into hopefully develop into starters down the road. Right. Um, the only other thing I want to say about, um, and we, if you want to get into these other guys, Ken, you can, but the thing about what shocked me a little bit about the fifth round pick was that uh, they traded up. Uh, they didn't stay put in the fifth round. They traded right. up in the fifth and uh, picked uh, KJ Henry, the defensive end um, out of Clemson. And what was interesting about that, uh, I'll, I'll, let me get back to that. If you saw it on Twitter, 
you know how they show these these players at home and then when they show them getting the call and then the family goes all crazy and everything kj henry is standing there in his home and the video starts it where his dad comes walking down the stairs and his dad walks down the stairs wearing a redskins jersey and he's standing here trying to talk to the family or someone on the phone and he sees his dad in his peripheral come down the stairs and of course he breaks out in laughter because i didn't realize it but his dad is a, is a longtime uh washington fan and here his son gets drafted by the team and he's standing there with the commander's hat and his dad comes down there and was basically letting his son know way to go good job you're going to play for the team so that was a good moment to see uh and the video was circulating around on twitter and everything so that was cool but what was interesting though outside of that was the fact that they traded up to get this guy so when this guy got to the fifth round it was interesting that they traded up to get him and i don't i don't know what that means big picture wise right um but it's what was what was interesting is his position he's a defensive end and everyone knows that our two starting defensive ends are both on one-year deals. Both will be free agents at the end of the season. So whether they're looking for KJ to be a rotational guy this year and next year, or if they're hoping he turns into something special, because we all know that more than likely one of these guys between Chase Young and Montez Sweat probably will not will not be Washington uh, commanders after this season. Yeah, and, and you need to remember also, uh, even even as a role player, um, Shaka Khan Tony is not going to be around with the Commanders uh, due to suspension. Due to a sus- suspension, so there's a there's a, a, a big hole there that um, you know. Ho- hopefully, KJ Henry will be able to 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 snag and and. And, and get some good playing time because uh, you know you're, you're talking about uh, sweat and young and and even if one of them goes down for a game or two, um, they're go- they're going to take a majority of the snaps on 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 either end. But you need you know your your three or four uh, or at least two or three defensive ends that are going to rotate in to to fill that role as well as give breaks throughout the game. Absolutely. Um, so, Absolutely. Uh, KJ Henry, you know, welcome, bring, welcome bring to the squad, that, brother. Yeah, be that surprise. Uh, the, the the sixth pick was was the one that I was not a fan of, even at, at this point. Really? Uh, okay. They they you know they took uh, Chris Rodriguez Jr. out of Kentucky, running back. Um, I had zero problem with them taking a running back. They took a. For lack of better terms, they took a bruiser running back, and in a lot of ways, that's what we have. Um, we've got a we've got a, a team full of bruiser kind of type running backs. To where I wanted, I was hoping that they were going to go get that pass catching third down scat back type of type of runner. Okay. Um, what 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 McKissick was before he got injured. Um, and the role that he was playing and Chris Rodriguez is not a pass catching uh, running back. Um, he, he, I mean, you can, you know, one, one catch a game uh, is, is all that he would do, but you know, it, can he be a big bruiser? Um, you know, can, can he contribute? Can it be special teams? Maybe. Uh, but like I said, you got, you got Brian Robertson, Antonio Gibson, uh, Jonathan Williams and Jarrett Patterson. Um, I was hoping for somebody dynamically different than those guys. And well, well, those, well, those guys are different though from each other. Uh, uh, yes, they are to some degree. And but how, I, how much I, more I, dynamic do you need? Do you need? You need. The I, I, I wanted. I want. I wanted a pass catching running back. To be honest. Um, okay. And that. Well, here, and that. That's just not. Uh, Chris Rodriguez. Well, here's uh, my take on it, Ken. Here's here's my two cents. Right off the bat, I know nothing about Chris Rodriguez. Okay, just right off the bat. Don't know anything about him. But I will say, any position, any skill position that the team was going to select, 
I didn't know who it would be, what position it would be, but I knew any skill position player was going to have to have and probably got the buy-in of Eric Bieniemy. And we have to remember that with the offensive coordinator position change, so will our offense. So if they got this guy, then I have to believe that Eric Bieniemy was okay with the pick. And this must be something that Eric Bieniemy wanted. I read online. I, I, I couldn't substantiate it. I don't remember who stated it, but supposedly Eric Bieniemy pushed for this kid. So, again, I understand you wanted a type of running back. How does that running back fit into what Eric Bieniemy wants to do with our offense? I don't know the answer to that, and we won't know until the season starts. But he clearly, as a former running back, sees what we have on our team has a vision for how he's going to plan to use those guys. And if this was the kind of guy that he felt like he needed and was, and it was going to be a good pick in the sixth round, then I got to trust and believe that there's a reason he picked the guy. And I don't know what that reason is, but that was why I was okay with the pick. It was, it was a curious, pick, but I was like, okay. But again, yeah. I knew nothing about Chris Rodriguez, but I'm going to believe in what they're doing with Eric Bieniemy as the OC and to see how our offense is going to look next year, because I do believe it will be different. Than what I, I, I don't, years past. Yeah, I don't disagree with your point there. Um, the the, the BNME had probably had a lot of input on anything on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and, and again, I'm <laughs> I'm not questioning Eric Bienemy's, uh talent evaluation and, and skill set. Just to me. Uh, personally, it was it was a surprise, and when I look at Kansas City and how they use their running backs, yes, they 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 run the ball, but they also used a lot of them out of the backfield. Um, and you know, right now, Antonio Gibson, uh, Jonathan Williams didn't do a, a bad job last year, and and maybe they'll use uh, Brian Robinson more because when we saw him in the preseason last year, he, he was very he was very fluid catching the ball out of the backfield. And we kind of said throughout the year that uh, Scott Turner wasn't using him like that. Exactly. And, and, and maybe the enemy's fine using him more like that. And he's like, no, we already got the, those guys uh, out of the backfield guys on the team currently. And we're going to end up uh, using exactly. Chris Rodriguez as the hammer. Um, and so between Antonio Gibson catching the ball and, and, and the point you just made, uh, Robinson catching the ball. You, we may already have our pass catching running backs in our offense, and and, we, and he's fine with that. So, right, right. And, so that was kind uh, of my take on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the last pick was Andre Jones Jr., uh, edge rusher out of Louisiana. Um, I mean, we're we're talking about a seventh round pick, right? So, but he's definitely the one of the things that that stood out to me was he was a little undersized. Um, on the edge rusher nowadays, they're not necessarily as big as what they used to be. Um, you know, smaller guys can do do well if you've got good technique and you're you're very quick off the ball. Uh, but at, at 248, um, he is he is what Forbes is at, at cornerbacks. Uh, he is that <laughs> on the uh, edge type well, of see, player. He's, I got him listed as a linebacker. You got him listed as an edge rusher, huh? That's what I have him at. Now we'll see how they use him. Uh, I mean, there are people that um, that will be able to transition because they're quick enough, they're they're fast enough. Uh, I mean, at the, at the same time, um, Kerrigan, for his career, most of his career was listed as a linebacker, even though he wasn't. Right. But we so use a lot of three four. Depending on how you're using them is is yeah is deceiving, but. Uh, but you know, hopefully he comes in and he he contributes and and makes the team and, um, you know, I, to, to go back to last year, uh, I believe last year every single draft pick made the team and contributed, right? It, it seems like there's a, a fourth round pick, a sixth round pick most years that don't quite make the team, um, whether you know whether it's them, whether it's the evaluation, uh, whatever it is. Sometimes it's an injury. Last year, every single player made the team and, and contributed. Uh, let, let's hope we we go seven for seven this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, either way, um, I didn't have any problem with the draft. 
Um, I, I thought it was good. Certainly there were some players that were on the board in some of these picks that uh, we thought that they would pick, but they didn't. They went with, they got the guys they wanted, man. And so I'm going to trust and believe Ron them has done for the most part, a fairly decent job, man, in, in, in drafting. Uh, a lot of our guys are still homegrown. They pick these guys. So at this point, I'm not going to start questioning them now. Yeah, whatever, I mean, they're, whatever they're doing, the process they're doing, the scouters, the scouts that they're using, the the reports that they're getting, and the way they're analyzing these 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 players, I got no reason to think anything different and, and to go otherwise, man. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna start now. They may not have been the names that people wanted. They may not have been the name that the Adam Schefters and the uh, Mel Kuypers of the world have predicted, but. That's why they do what they do, and the yeah. GMs and the scouts do what they do, man. So yeah, I was I was going to say this this for, from a commander's perspective, this was more when you when you kind of look at the draft and the people that they picked and and the roles and, and like I said, a lot of these players we we mentioned can play different positions, whether it's different positions on the offensive line, different positions from uh, from a safety, uh, you can play safety, some corner, you know, uh, deep safety, and, and up in the box. Um, it, this was kind of a, a, like a workman's, uh, draft, not a lot of flash, not a lot of, you know, spark and, and, and pizzazz in it. Um, this, this is a workman's group. And, and if they, and if they hit, th these are the type of players that become core players. Um, and like I said, t time will tell like, like, uh, like every single draft, but, um, and if you know anything about Ron and, and Martin Mayhew, that's what they do. Yeah, they just yeah. they just pick those workman type guys, man. Just come in and play football, and yeah. I guess you 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 kind of hope that some of these guys will be, turn around and become Pro Bowlers and Hall of Famers. But this is what they do: they build football teams based off these workman type guys, man. And so you can't be too shocked. That's what they did. Well, and you look wow. at the, and I don't know all of these players, um, but if I look at the last three or four, I guess the last few drafts. The players that we have kept, the players that we've let go, and compare the staff that we have now compared to—I'll just go back five years ago. It's a different breed of player. Um, it it is a, you know, it it is the Jonathan Allen's of the world. It is the uh, Terry. Man, if you uh, listen, if you look world. at Jonathan it is Allen, the, it is you the leaders. Uh, uh, and, and players who want to play, who want to win, they're not just there to collect a paycheck. Uh, they, it, it's, it's, it's the right attitude. It's the right approach. And, and my guess is that not only did Ron look at the talent, but he looked at the character of these players. And a lot of these players are going to have the same approach to football and professionalism that a lot of the current staff has right now. Absolutely. And if you look at it, as I was saying, John Allen, if you look at uh, Jahan Dotson, Terry McLaurin, and and most recently, if you look at uh, Deron, they did that. They did that video showing Deron walking into the facility to get his, uh, you know, to sign his his deal and do everything. <laughs> the, the guy look is about as awkward talking to people as as awkward could be. He's like he's very he's very awkward, big right. old dude, but he's very seemed to be very shy and awkward. But but, but yet you get him on the field. And he's like a beast. Yeah. But when he walked in and shaking hands with Eric Bieniemy and Ron Rivera and talking to the staff, he's very quiet and just very just want to come in and do his work. And then when he puts on his cleats and his jersey and his pads, and now you get a different guy. And it's, and so right. all those guys are very much – you look at their personality, and you got to believe that's going to be a little bit of the team. It's going to be the personality of the locker room. These are your leaders of your team, your core players, and there is a common thread with a lot of those guys. Yeah, those guys, those guys that you just mentioned in, the, in those examples, they're setting the standard for this year's group of players. Absolutely, right? And 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 that's how you change. That's how you change the culture. And I think the culture has changed. Yep. Uh, our our wins need to improve to 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 match that ultimately. But um, hopefully, hopefully the the moves that we did this year, uh, bringing in the enemy. And you know, uh, a few other things that are that are going on. We don't need to kind of all go in on this uh, particular podcast, but hopefully, everything put together will 
will uh, put more wins on the in, in more ticks in the win column than in the loss column coming up this year. Collect more W's, man. That's what it's exactly. about. Exactly. But uh, that's all I got. Uh, Reggie, you got anything else, my man? I don't, man. I don't. The season, the new season is officially here, man. The draft is here. Now we get rookie camp. And then uh, they're going to do a little bit more where the vets come in and do yep. the OTAs and all those kinds of things, man. So we're slowly rolling. We're going to get to that, finally get to that lull in the season. I think it's uh, June, I think. Is yeah, when, mainly, mainly June, right? Yeah, right. When, when the yeah. players are off a few weeks before they report the training camp. So it's coming, man. Season will be here before you know it. Yeah, set up set up your uh, your international worldwide travel for June. Uh, you know that's 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 the good time for it, man. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, but that's all I got, man. That's all I got. So uh, until next time, knuckleheads, is, catch us on uh, Twitter, Facebook, all everything else. Peace out, knuckleheads. Peace out, y'all.